Welcome back to episode 4 of the 30-Day NBA Team, 30 Days NBA podcast that I am doing. Today's episode, episode 4, is going to cover the Oklahoma City Thunder. We're going to get into the Thunder. Again, 30 NBA teams, 30 days. We'll see what... uh kind of you know we're going to talk about just again the direction of the franchise uh mainly mainly this season what's going forward for next year so let's get into it okc obviously for people who don't know they're an nba franchise that left um or became the seattle supersonics um oklahoma is a really passionate fan base there's no baseball professional baseball team there's no professional football college is big in Oklahoma but basketball is really big there and so Oklahoma City a passionate sports town when they have a franchise uh, that's their that's their team and so OKC really quickly rose to prominence Um, in 2007 they drafted Kevin Durant uh, but that again, that was the Seattle franchise. Played one year there, drafted Russell Westbrook, and obviously moved to Seattle. Uh, I'm sorry, not Seattle. Moved to Oklahoma City, and then in you know 2009, drafting James Harden, uh, and you know really setting themselves up for immediate success. I mean, took them a few years. Uh, but, you know, all in all, OKC really drafted phenomenal. I mean, when you draft three consecutive, I mean, three consecutive MVPs, obviously not at the time, but as, you know, their careers progressed, they all became MVPs. That's just phenomenal drafting by general manager Sam Presti. Uh, and, you know, they had Jeff Green, they had... A lot of lot of young talent, and it, it really was a shame because their first kind of crack was the eight seed in the uh, 2009 uh, 10 playoffs against the Lakers. They were the eight seed. However, they won 50 games. They weren't a typical eight seed that you'll normally see. Uh, that that might be one of the great eight seed teams ever. When you win 50 plus. That makes you a great team, uh, usually. So OKC, you know, they gave the Lakers a tough six. Next year they played Dallas. Really gave them a run for their money. Dallas ended up winning the um, title. The following year they knocked out Dallas en route to coming out of the West, beating uh, you know San Antonio and all them, and getting to the NBA Finals as pretty much we'd classify them as of the baby thunder you know kevin durant russell westbrook james harden serge Ibaka, kendrick perkins and they stole that first game against miami ended up losing the next four but i think the general consensus was okay this this team's coming and it really it really was a bummer to kind of see how they fell off you know the the very next year um 
12-13, Russell Westbrook goes down with the meniscus injury after crashing in with Pat Beverly. Um, obviously, you're not winning the title that year. They were the number one seed. Potentially could have come out. Maybe beat Miami. I don't know. Maybe beat San Antonio. I don't know. You know, that's a conversation we won't know. It's one of those what-if conversations. But, you know, they managed to get by Houston and then, you know, bowed out against Memphis. And Memphis was always really tough, the grit and grind era. Uh, The very next season, 13-14, Durant was really, I mean, he won the MVP. But they they didn't they just couldn't really gel that well it, it it wasn't gelling and obviously I'd be remiss if I didn't say they uh, the twelve thirteen season they instead of opting to keep James Harden and pay him something fifty million dollars at the time cap was really important and a small market team like Oklahoma City did not want to go over the luxury tax it is a big penalty and they uh, dealt him in one of the worst trades of all time not to say they got nothing but you know Steven Adams is a good player he was a good player for them Uh, but you know we're talking about James Harden the first ballot Hall of Famer who just his career just took off as soon as he got to Houston and it's one of the great mistakes ever because they were bound to eventually win with Russ, KD, and James Harden, and plug whoever you want around them. Uh, you know, and I believe they chose Serge Ibaka over him too. So that was awful in its own right. James Harden became ridiculously good. Uh, they just didn't want to pay the money, and you know, looking back at it now, you betcha they'd pay him the money. But they they made the move, and after trading them, they were still really good. Let's let's be clear. Kevin Durant is a top. He's been a top two to three basketball player, I think, for now, maybe eight nine years. And Russell Westbrook's one of the premier point guards ever. Um, but you know, I there was difficulty trying to get them to really gel together. And, you know, 13-14, they were banged up. 14-15, Durant has the uh, bones fracture, which knocks him out majority of the season. Westbrook was recovering from a meniscus injury. Uh, He tried his best to keep him at bay. When he did come back, he was dropping triple-doubles. That was the beginning of his triple-double kind of streak. And and they, um, they missed the playoffs. Uh, which was unfortunate. They would have matched up, uh, I believe, with the Golden State Warriors, but they missed it by a couple games uh, to New Orleans. And essentially, they they locked in in the following season, 15-16, one of the great NBA seasons ever. That is the year, for people who don't know, the 73-9 Warriors, the 3-1 Cleveland Cavalier comeback, Kobe's last season, uh, the last time. KD and Russ suited up on the same team. Uh, and, you know, Kevin Durant was an pending free agent that summer. They were very confident, you know, they'd retain him. Russ, again, Abaka, all, the, all those guys. And 
and Stephen Adams and Ennis Canner and they were they were good. They were really really good. Obviously, Golden State just went nuts that year, seventy three and nine, breaking the ninety five ninety six Bulls record. And San Antonio was really loaded that year with Kawhi and Aldridge and Duncan and Parker and Ginobili uh, getting the two seed. But OKC managed to stick right with everyone. They were a top three seed. Had some great games with Golden State and San Antonio in the regular season. And, you know, they make quick work of Dallas. And then they meet the Spurs, and they knock them out. I mean, a little bit of a surprise, I think, to some. How good San Antonio was all year. 67-win team. First time, I believe, that's ever happened for a two-seed to win 67 and be a two-seed. Um, and, and OKC, they, they were just the better team. Steal game against Golden State. Then find themselves up three to one, and we all know what happened there. You know, um, a mixture of fumbling. You know, I think everyone knew Game Five was Golden State to shave off elimination, but that Game Six was the biggest game of their season, and a combination of Russ and Durant making turnovers. I think more so of KD and Clay Thompson's just ridiculous shooting performance. Uh, kept Golden State in, and obviously Game 7 was close. They beat them, and we know what happened then. KD goes to Golden State, kind of what happened to OKC, you know, it was sad. They they got nothing for him. He joins up with uh, Golden State. I think nearly every basketball fan hated that move, and, you know, obviously Golden State blitzed right through. Uh, Westbrook was by himself, you know. They, they got him Victor Oladipo, but Ibaka wasn't there. He ends up winning the uh, MVP that year, triple doubles. Galore averaging the first time a triple double since the Big O. And, you know, they get bounced by James Harden quickly. Uh, obviously, they needed to make move. They went out the following season, 17-18. Got Carmelo Anthony and Paul George, making a little big three of their own. Um, they sold Paul George there. He ends up resigning despite getting knocked out in five to Utah. And a lot better, I thought, than very next year. They looked more of a team in the 18-19 season. However, another f- five-game performance of uh, getting beat by Utah. And uh, I'm sorry, not Utah, uh, Portland. Dame Dame Lillard with the famous shot, 50-point game. And basically that was uh, the end of OKC. They ended up trading Paul George for a slew of draft picks, a lot of them. And they um, traded their their most favorite fan-favorite player ever, Russell Westbrook, to Houston in a Chris Paul swap deal, recouping more picks. And I think everyone thought they'd suck. But um, last year they were really good. Chris Paul. Um, and, you know, again, they got Shea Gilgis in that Paul George trade. And he's their cornerstone franchise piece. And they, they started just getting... They traded Jeremy Grant. And they let Canner go. And they started just grabbing all this young talent. As well as a lot and I mean a lot of draft picks. 
and we'll get into that in a minute. But they shocked everyone last year. They were, I think, I saw something like a uh, before going into last year, a point zero zero one percent chance to make the playoffs, and there Chris Paul led OKC to the postseason. A grueling seven-game series in the bubble. Game seven was really entertaining as well. They just fell short. I know Chris Paul missed a little gimme at the end of the game and poor execution by Coach Billy Donovan at the time uh, in that last sequence. But Houston won, and OKC just decided, all right, let's blow it up. Um, Trading Steven Adams to New Orleans, trading Chris Paul to Phoenix, and... Just just breaking it up and getting more and more and more draft picks, right? And that's where they were this year. And I think for most of the season, they, they were a little surprised. They were actually relevant for a little bit. Um, they, have, they have a lot of pieces. So we're going to get into this year. That's kind of the main purpose of this video. Not video, but the podcast. And... We're just going to go over direction where they are right now. They finished 22-50 and 50 this season. Uh, they really gave up towards the end of the season uh, by tanking, openly tanking. And, you know, that's it's whatever. Uh, they weren't going anywhere. They, they were doing better than expected for most of the season. I think that's something that you have to, uh, if you're an OKC fan, like, okay, or if you're Sam Presti, hey, maybe we got something. There, there are a lot of young pieces that I like here. Um, I'm going to start just naming the guys I think are impactful that they need to bring back or, you know, what what needs to be done. So, uh, first of all, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, this is his team. He's uh, 22 years old. He's a kid. He averaged 23.7 a, uh, a night. This season on close to 51% shooting, 42, close to 42% from three. He He's your star. All right, this kid's going to be really, really good. I, I know he's not talked about a lot. Again, OKC's a small market. You have to be a real megastar to be talked about in small markets usually. But he, he this kid's really good. This is his team. I think he's going to be really, really good. Uh, another guy I think that's really impactful for them is uh, Lou Dort. They discovered him last year. He's young, really good defender, just completely worked, reworked a shot, which was broken the bubble, and now uh, he, he really made a respectable 34%, average 14 this year. Another kid, only 22 years old. I think you've got your little guards and uh, guards right there in Shea and Dort. I know maybe Shea's more equipped to be a shooting guard rather than a point guard. And Dort is obviously a shooting guard. But he, he's got a man's body. He's really strong, really durable. Um, and he could defend. So I th he's obviously a guy you want to keep. I think when they gave Ty Jerome more of an opportunity this year, thought he really relished on that. Uh, he was really good in college at Virginia. He's young. He's 6'5". Got a nice um, height for a guard, and he can shoot. Uh, so you know that's another guy you got to think about the rookie class. They got Theo Madeline. He's a guy you have to give time, but he he definitely has potential. Um, another guy they uh, drafted this year, uh, Pokuveski. 
started slow, really slow, but I think he really came on at the end. He's very skinny. He's only 19 years old, 7 feet, 190. He's got to gain weight. That's just the bottom line. And I th- he's got to work on his jumper, but for the most part, I think that's another guy you can keep. Moses Brown was a very nice surprise. Um, you know, the former UCLA five-star product finished his final game of the season with a 24.18 rebound and seven blocks performance against the Clippers. He's young. He's got a lot of talent. I don't. He's seven two two forty five. I'd still gain maybe you know five to ten more pounds. Um, because he, I, when I watched him, he he gets pushed around a little bit, but he's only twenty one, and you, you got to give these kids time. You really do. And he's another guy I think you can keep. Tony Bradley, you know, he's known for defense. Maybe you give him another run. I I think Isaiah Roby was good in his role this year. Another really good guy is Darius Baisley. You know, he really looked good when they played him this year. He's, again, got to work on the shot, 39% from the field, 29% from three. You want to work on that and 70 at the line. But he, he's just 20 years old. He's going he's gonna to get better. And OKC's got so many draft picks. I think, you know, the, the more and more draft picks, you're going to hit on a, a few eventually. And Sam Presti's already shown he's a really good drafter. Um I think if you're a Thunder fan, you're really confident with Presti. I know he made that bad trade, but you know I don't think anyone could have foreseen what Harden became. Otherwise, if they did, they wouldn't have traded him. Um, question is Al Horford. They just decided to sit him at a certain point. He had a nice little bounce back year for him. Uh, did not fit well in Philly, but this man is a uh, five-time All-Star. Uh, which is a lot. Uh, really good on Atlanta. Had a good tenure on Boston. Uh, just did not work with Embiid last year in Philly, and that's why they moved on from him. And OKC, I, I didn't agree just sitting him. I know they wanted to lose, but you 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 always want a veteran guy. And Al Horford's a stand-up guy. He's 35 now. He's obviously not the same player he was, but he can still help. Um you know, a playoff team. I don't know who that would be. Um, maybe Dallas takes a flyer on him. I I don't know if this is being floated around, and I don't think uh, Dallas would even consider it. But look, Kristaps Porzingis just stunk in the playoffs. That, let's just call it what it is. He stunk. In the playoffs, he didn't help Luka, and that's the reason why Dallas is sitting where they're at right now. Now, Dallas obviously needs a second co-star, someone better. But maybe, because I think Al Horford's contract's pretty big, and he's not as good as Porzingis, I know that. But maybe to get out of the Porzingis contract, and I don't know how many more years Al Horford has. I would assume it's about two more years which is not bad. I believe Porzingis has three more. Maybe OKC makes that move. Maybe you have to send a couple young guys, obviously no Shea, and obviously no uh, Dort, 
Poveski or Baisley, but I think anyone else could be on the table. Maybe you attach them to Al Horford and get Kristaps Porzingis. Maybe a change of scenery, maybe a bigger role where he can play with Shea in a pick-and-roll situation, spot up three. Maybe you go get Kristaps Porzingis. I know no one's talking about that, and obviously Porzingis may be nine to ten years younger but the the amount of picks okc has maybe they send a one back al horford and attach a young guy to dallas and maybe you maybe you get Kristaps porzingis in here uh to play with uh the thunder maybe maybe he's better i again maybe it's not even on the record maybe maybe no one's even talking about it but uh think Al Horford would help obviously Luka in Dallas a little bit obviously again he's not the same player and he frankly might not be better than Porzingis right now so maybe that's dead right there but if I'm OKC I look at Porzingis uh you, you don't attract big time free agents um I think he'd improve I, I do I think he'd maybe be better under Oklahoma City a fresh start for him because um, he was frustrated in his role However, OKC has, I think I saw something like 35 draft picks over the next eight years, maybe. I, I don't know if that's right or not. Um, you know, obviously a bunch of first and second round picks based on their trades. But th- they did finish. the f- uh, They won the tiebreaker over Cleveland. So they, they're right now slotted in that f- top four. And if they do end up, getting a top four pick where do you go obviously it depends on what number you get um but if i'm them i'm happy with shea at my two that's my two i think you know i like i said ty jerome madeline those guys are good you got to give them time but if you know if jalen suggs is on the board i'm, I'm drafting jalen suggs or cade cunningham if it's cade cunningham you know, your backcourt of Shea and Cunningham, that, that's really appealing to me, both six foot five and over. Uh, guys that are good defensively, or at least Cade will looks like he's got the intangibles to get better defensively. The problem with Cade that I saw was his jump shot. Didn't really elevate his team um, for March Madness. Uh but, you know, he's a kid. He's 19 years old. Plenty of get kids don't win. That's why Baylor ended up winning the whole thing, a veteran team. Um, so I'm not going to knock Cade for that. But he does need to work on a shot, as does nearly every player, except maybe Steph Curry and Dame Lillard and Clay Thompson. But, look, OKC's got a really bright future. I, th- I think they're really, you know, they're going to land some aces in the drafts in the coming years. Um, will they get – I don't know what number they get, so it's kind of hard to say right now. Um, but they have a lot of draft picks coming up. They're young. There's not a lot of veterans on this team. Again, I, I think Isaiah Roby um, – I think they need to keep him. I I think you got to keep a lot of these guys. Um, you might want to shuffle guys out like Charlie Brown and Mikhailu, 
who can shoot. Maybe maybe you choose him or Kenrich Williams, one of those guys. But for the most part, there's not a lot of veterans. Maybe you want to get a few veterans in next season. But if if you add a, because I don't even know if they're thinking of Mobley. Maybe they are. Maybe they're not. Um, but I think for the most part, OKC's coming. Uh, again, their division. If you look at their division, they are in the uh, Northwest Division, which is a really really tough division. You got Utah in there, Denver in there, Portland in there. I think Minnesota is gonna, you know, improve a little bit more. Uh, so. That's not an easy division. They're they're gonna take time because they have to get through their draft picks and see what's gonna work and what's not. But for the most part, I think OKC's coming. You gotta be patient. I think it's a very you know together family based organization, and th- they'll be back. They're they've been really good for a long time now. You know, as long as for the most part. Since the franchise has been around, they've been one of the Western Conference powerhouses of the 2010s. And, you know, we're in a new decade. So, look, I don't know if what they do. You know, we'll see what Sam Presti does. I think, uh, for the most part, they're coming. I think they are. I think, you know, it's going to take, and again, you got to note they're in the Western Conference which is just, you know, ridiculously hard. But it's all dependent on your draft picks. It's all dependent. They have a lot of cap now. I don't see any superstar free agent going there, but you never know. And we'll see what happens. They, they really are com- uh, a great fan base, really into their team. And so we'll see what happens in Oklahoma City. I don't have an idea where they go right now um just my speculation if you want to move al horford look at dallas maybe you want to look at um i don't know if they want to send them out east to maybe like i don't know maybe boston gets a reunion i have no idea but um i think there's a lot of options on the table for okc i think they're gonna be back really soon and uh, I think I think you got to be patient. That's just the bottom line. You got to be patient with the Thunder. See what happens. See what happens. Um, you know, there's again no pressure to be great right now. You know, build this build this team up. Uh, you trust the GM. Give the coach some time, and. Hopefully OKC uh, gets back to what they were because they they're a proud organization and I think uh, I think they're I think they're in very good hands. And with that being said, that concludes the OKC chapter. We'll get more in depth on OKC for uh, the draft and free agency. Um, so we're not gonna shy away from OKC for long. We'll we'll talk about them again soon. Uh, The next episode will be episode 5 that will cover the Cleveland Cavaliers. Once we get through all 30 teams, I will start going into baseball or football. We'll get guests on. Um, Just a mixture of different things. Uh, You know, talk about free agency, talk about draft, fantasy football maybe. Among other podcast stuff. So stay tuned for the ride. 
And this concludes episode four.